0: אסבגובה, אסבגובה,
1: לא יד לשלם איתה, זה פודקאסט.
0: אסבגובה, פרק
1: 41, מה קורה אל קנה? אה, הלן אייל, מה נשמע? מה בסדר גמור, מה חדש? הלייב פוקר חזר. הלייב
0: חַזָ מוכנה של קודם כל, רצינו להביא אותו בלי קשר הרבה זמן, אבל גם סידר לנו חתיכת
1: אה, אורח בעצמו. לנו, קודם כל, יש לנו אורח בפרק הזה, ויש לנו גם <laughs> את מי שקישר <laughs> את... בינינו, את הנציג הדיפלומטי, שהוא גם שחקן פוקר מעולה בפני עצמו, וגם סטרימרי מצוין, ויוצר תוכן בעברית, שאת זה אנחנו תמיד אה, מעריכים ו- ותמיד אוהבים. והוא הזכר לא מעט פעמים, בפרקים האחרונים, אז ברוך הבא לאס בגובה, תום ג'בוצ'י שחם.
2: תודה רבה, תודה רבה, כיף מה זה ג'בוטי? האמת, ג'בוטי זה מה ששאלי מה... הייתי בקפוארה כשלוש, ארבע שנים, כשהייתי באיזו חטיבה. איזשהו כינוש שנדבק לי, משהו בפורטוגזית. אני למה אני לא זוכר מה זה אומר. לא זוכר... אני גוגל חיפשתי זה, מצאתי דברים מוזרים. וגם כמה דברים שונים. גדול. אבל זה כינוש אז פשוט הייתי צריך לבחור כינוי, בחרתי בזה, ומאז
0: זה נשאר. אני חושב שכולנו, זה דברים מוזרים, לא משהו פשוט. זה תמיד שלי היה גם, אני כבר לא זוכר אותו, אז זה היה. לא, כשמגג
2: זה מאוד
1: הגיוני.
0: כן. נגיד, נגיד כמה דברים. תודה רבה אליעז המלך מול פני, פרוקאסט, פודקאסטים בגבוה, היום עם גם מצלמות ותאורה, אני ממש מרגיש שאנחנו מוכנים להקים ערוץ פוקר. כן, שם, הריוטי סופר מגצועי <laughs> לאור המלך, ותודה שלנו, שכנראה בקרוב חוזרים.
1: אמן, אמן, <אז> אנחנו כבר מתחילים לראות את לחיים פה בארץ, ו- 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 כן, מחכים achten אז ביצחקת אדוני
0: ג'ובטי יצטחנו לassing לפרק זה כלו איתם מטיחת אחד ואפרי הלכנו אסי디 בול levelling וכולם מי שלא בכי ב- מה שקרה הלכנו אחלית שואופח זה זה ש- זה זה ש-בנ סיבי מגיעה למטיחת אחד ואפרי שואו לא מתמגיעה ואחרי שחתה אמרתי לא דני אני לא יכול ליתר מז זה ת- ת- תגיד חזרה שואו קם מגיעה ויתקפל ויתקפלתי אני אחד הרישוק ופשוט לא כן, קיבלנו הודעות, נעצר. רק לי, לא שלחו. מה, יבני זונות,
2: אתה לא בדיסקוט. אתה לא מביאים
1: אותו.
0: אז אנחנו את בן, ועכשיו תתחיל, אנחנו נעבור לאנגלית, לצערו של אלקנה. שיט. אז שוב, ג'ובוטי, תודה שהבאת אותו
1: introduce our very special guest today well our guest today is one probably one of the best online poker players in the world right now uh, if you ask any anyone he'll be up there uh, live cash he has about uh, f- forty-five thousand dollars in uh, handle mob we like to to dive into into our guests uh, handle mob uh, <laughs> he almost never play live so uh, uh and we're very happy to have him is one of the the most uh, uh starred uh, uh successful. Yeah, successful yeah a very yeah. successful
0: gu- probably our best successful uh guest and the be- the most famous
3: one until yeah. today so welcome Especially
1: to Role. Asbagova Benjamin Role. hi ben
3: thank you for having me <laughs> I appreciate the invitation. Thank you.
0: Thank you. And thanks uh, very much to uh, Tom, who helped us uh, acquire your uh, appearance today. And uh, as you could, could probably already see, uh, my co-host Elkanah, his English is very, very limited. So, <laughs> <laughs> so treat him very, very well with your answers. Uh. Um, so first of all, before we jump into it, how is everything? How is life during COVID in uh, Austria right now?
3: it's all good for me personally i definitely can't complain i've been always working from home i'm a cave person (laughs) my my girlfriend would call me but yeah so nothing really has changed of course we miss going out we miss going to restaurants i think as anybody does but yeah i definitely can't complain i think there are millions of people that have it worse than than we have so all good over here
1: Uh, can we can we just pause and, and say i love his accent (laughs) <laughs> like,
3: you like the german accent yeah, i love i love the
1: accent it's, it's the, the only accent that's worse than israeli accent so i be appreciate it i want to be so sure usually
3: usually people don't like the german accent especially amongst germans it's kind of it's kind of cringe hearing a german speaking english so yeah, yeah. i appreciate yeah.
0: it we, we love it we love it yeah. so um so let's jump into it uh it's very strange times during uh covid uh it's like one year since uh, since it came into uh europe and the uh, united states and and online poker has had like a very strange time during those uh times because of course o- online poker has exploded during those times i want to hear your mm-hmm. opinion on po- online poker during covid how how was it good for poker how is it good for your uh, your company raise your edge and what do you think the future is uh, what do you think the future is for coming for online poker
2: I also actually have a little note on that question yeah I mean basically from what I know from my experience in the online poker at the start it was a very big boom when COVID started everything exploded I live back in London back there so on Stars and Party Poker and Gigi and everything the guarantees were enormous every Other week, there was a series, a big series. And even now, there are a lot of big series. So what do you think about how can it prolong with it? I mean, whether people will have no money because of it after a long year of a lot of series and high buys and everything and how it affects, of course, with bankroll management and everything that you also talk about it a lot. So I uh, I would want to hear your opinion about whether it can actually continue like that or whether it will be... Uh, much worth giving. I don't know, a six months, a year, or something in that sort.
3: Yeah, and I agree. There was a big boom at the beginning. It didn't have such a huge impact on our company. I would say, um, of course, we saw a slight increase, but I think, and it was also around the time where it was scooped a lot of online series, which is usually always uh, a good time for our business, um, seasonal speaking. Um, I think it, it, I don't want to say it died over the year, then it it went a little down and now it's slowly starts increasing with more and more lockdowns. I mean, of course, when people are home, you know, they seek distraction in all sorts of online activities, whether it's video games, whether it's watching YouTube videos, I think you see a spike in all of the, um, online activities. So I'm not surprised. I think it's in the responsibility of the poker sites to make it sustainable, so I, I feel right now the market is a little oversaturated because poker players don't have an infinite amount of money. So what happens right now, which, which really concerns me, and I hope that the poker sites are coming together or finding a solution for that, is I, I, I'm pretty sure all of you guys know the Sunday million, right, on PokerStars. Yeah, yeah. So what's the price pool? They're usually over a million, right? Mm-hmm. So now imagine that PokerStars is running 20 Sunday millions on, the, on a Sunday. So this would essentially kill the guarantees because now they're going to be smaller guarantees for each of the tournaments, which makes it less attractive for recreation and new players. So that's that's what's happening right now. I mean, the amount of tournaments that are being offered across all poker sites is insane. With Also in GG, is, which is a little concerned with, I don't want to say fake guarantees, but it goes in that direction where you just have unlimited re-entries, they have late registration up until like 15 big blinds 10 big blinds 12 big blinds which of course just pushes the guarantees to a limit where yeah they're very high but not affordable for poker players at some point so poker players go broke and also it it dilutes the guarantees it dilutes the fields and recreationists are being attracted by larger price pools, right? We have all been at this point in time where, hey, man, like with my 10 bucks, I can win 50 grand. I can win 100 grand. That's that's everyone's dream, right? Yeah. This is how we got into poker. Uh, we all all of us, we all have like a gambling heart. And <laughs> it's like, yeah, I can get get in there for 10 bucks, 15 bucks, 100 bucks, but I can only win 7K or 15K. It was like, screw it. You know, I'm not going to be you know, grinding the entire night or maybe you have to skip a day of work. And that's usually the average the average person that plays poker. You you have to consider those worries and then and, and their lives. And this is just very concerning right now that I find the schedule from GG very aggressive. And of course if you're poker stars, if you're party poker, you want to counter it. If your competitors are doing it so you can't blame them. So I find their too many tournaments right now uh, online, which is good for the po- poker pro because he can select from so many. And you can pick, you know, you can take days off. You don't need to worry. I remember four years ago, there was no way you can skip Scoop, no way. Right now, I'm gonna play a couple of days. I'm gonna play, but because I know in one month there's gonna be another series around the corner. Yeah. You had Scoop, you had Double Cube, you had maybe the Party po- Poker Festival. <laughs> There should be some sort of regulations that every poker site maybe can wa- run one or two series, but also then PokerStars catches up, is adjusting. You know, it has the high roller series, winter series. I don't know. Everyone has like four, five, six series every year, and that's just it's it's going to crazy. And, and and we saw this already happening for the first time, where PokerStars at the end of the last year was not started having overlays in big series. I think wasn't even the Sunny Man that had overlays so you can already see that this spru- the pool is spreading and the the, the guarantees are increasing uh, decreasing and now it kind <clears> of <throat> it kind of recovers the guarantees are going up again but then it's there need to be a long term solution
1: interesting. interesting yeah yeah i mean i didn't uh, think of that that point
2: yeah uh, i mean uh, so, sorry to interrupt you but for example in the Razor Discord, we uh, there was a lot of discussion about that for example where well, someone won the Super Tuesday, which is a 1K buy-in. It used to be uh, 100K or more guaranteed, and he won it when it was only 50K guaranteed for a 1K tournament. So that's just an example, yeah. and only also in series, as I saw as well in the <coughs> million, and also a lot of overlays in GG and party sometimes. and Actually, in party, they have had even more, from what I remember. Mm-hmm. And you have the Irish mm-hmm. Open, you have the WPT, you have everything. You have so many theories yeah. across all sides that well, people can play, can, can buy into everything, and it keeps on going. So <laughs> they should probably sometimes stop, <laughs> I guess, <laughs> or at least decrease it, decrease the yeah. amount.
0: Okay. Um, you already raised, like in your answer, you raised the uh, this uh, idea of some kind of danger to online poker when you just spoke about the guarantees and players are getting uh, broken. If you add, and I want to also talk about if you're adding the hot topic this year of RTA, the real time uh, aid assistance, whatever you want to call it, the bots or super, uh, super tech machines that uh, help you solve the game. Uh, don't you fear for uh, online poker?
3: Absolutely, I think it's a concern, and this should be on the one of the highest priority on the poker side's list to to battle the RTAs, and um, that's something we players have very little insight in. If if there's a chance for the players, I wish I would be more involved um, because I want to I want to have an impact. I want to. Um, I want to adjust things so I want to impact things to the good so we can really make sure it's going to be a profitable game for everyone also even for the recreation that when you know want to learn a little bit and maybe make some money with it um, but with RTAs I see it this and also the greediness of the poker sites as as one of the biggest dangers right now um, so, yeah, we have to see. Uh, I can't really say a lot because whenever you try to work with the poker side, they can't share information because of privacy reasons, privacy policies, which, as we all know, year or two years ago, especially in European law, EU law, uh, got way, way stricter than it used to be. So, of course, they have to pay attention about the data they reveal. So, do you, as, as a player, you cannot just go there, hey, you know, like I know this player did this and that and let's do something, yeah, we look into this, but that's all they can say. So, yeah, that's 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 a rough topic. And I hope we can rely on the poker side's ability to increase their security measurements.
2: I have a little follow-up question on that. If, for example, you would either think or or see that the RTA affects it way too much and you think that online poker isn't mm-hmm. profitable anymore, would you just go to live poker or would you... Uh, start playing more often? I know that currently you only play one day a week anyway, but would you go on yeah. to the business or live or anything else?
3: Um, I would consider playing more live for sure. Um, but I have also so many other options and projects that could dive into. I, I wouldn't be too concerned for myself. So, um, But again, I love poker. I don't want to see this happening. And I, I think there are a couple of things that the poker sites can do, I think just going full name instead of screen names is is a good step i think this already it kind of scares you when you want to cheat and you just want to screw over people and you have to use your real name hmm. i think it, it's not it's not going to stop anyone from cheating but i think it will scare some people and they're going to rethink and going to consider doing this step into hey you know i'm going to get an rta because my real name is being associated with the poker sites plus that is very important I think very easy to implement is a banning system across all platforms so if you're getting banned on poker stars for cheating that the sites are sharing that information that you also get banned on GG you're getting banned on all major poker sites I think this is a super easy solution but I feel like the poker sites are being very stubborn but this is and I feel like, yeah, we we have a super sophisticated system, we don't want to share our information, right? It's it's very competitive, I understand that. But in a certain way, I think you can work together only on that. You don't need to share your marketing, you don't need to share your player pool. But when it comes to that, sharing the information, okay, who did we ban for whatever here? We share that with poker stars, we share that with party poker or any other kind of poker sites, and then you get a ban on all online poker poker platforms. And I think this is where you really really consider because it's like Having multiple lives, it's like a video game. Well, okay, I get banned on, on Poker Stars, I can still play on GG. And the problem is with the increasing amount of tournaments that are being offered, is like back then, when you got banned on let's say party poker or, or poker stars, it was it was really bad for your career because a big part of your schedule was just gone. Now if I have an RTA and I get banned on GG, I don't give a fuck. If I get banned on PokerStars, even if I get banned on two or three sites, there's still so many other smaller sites that also start offering more games. You can easily get in so much more volume. And there's also uh, the problem that I brought up earlier. is even more in favor for anyone that is using RTA. So the poker sites need to come together to battle that.
0: Anything else you want to add or uh, uh, nothing? Yeah, we have so many topics, again. so I don't want to uh, <laughs> to waste uh, too much time. But uh, yeah, we get we get uh, we get your opinion. Um, <clears throat> let's talk about. Okay, so there, there were many questions from our listeners about tips for players. Let's say that I'm now new to to poker, um, and I want to get into and I want to be successful as as Ben CB. So. What are your tips for players who are like well, now? That's
1: easy. Go to RageYourEdge.com. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, like wh- what are your tips for uh, players who are now just now starting their poker journey? Uh, how how should they uh, start their uh, to play? And what are your tips for this?
2: I actually want to differentiate it to two questions. Okay. One will be more of the technical side, which is, I guess, what the listeners uh, asked uh, previously in the comments in our in the post. And the second one should probably be the mental aspect the mental of the effort. game. Yeah. I know mm-hmm. that obviously you talk about it a lot. I also have the, the mindset uh, course from Raise Your Edge, and I think it helped me a lot. So I would appreciate to hear the uh, advices for both. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. I, it's good that you brought it up because you need to separate these two. Uh, first of all, for the technical part, just play tight, just play very, very tight. Just wait for good hands. Do very little bluffing. I think, that's the best advice you can give for a beginner. Um, I need to keep have some mind. <laughs> <laughs> have some standard uh, basic hand charts, preflop charts that you can that you can check after your session and try to study it and try to memorize certain certain hands and get better with it. I don't. I don't necessarily would try to. Um, like at the very start try to understand the why behind certain concepts I would just try to be like a monkey and really just being drilled and understanding okay this is what I'm doing and not the why behind it. Uh, This might confuse you so you at least have a solid fundament of understanding okay this is what I'm supposed to do with 50 big blinds preflop. This is the hands I'm calling against the 3-bet, these are the hands I'm open raising for different stack size and then you have like a like the foundation of your house. The next step then would be trying to understand why we want to do certain things pre-flop. Why do we want to be three betting those hands? Why do we want to call certain hands against a three bet from certain positions? And why do we fold certain hands from other positions? And this is where you start connecting the dots and start understanding the game. So, at the beginning, you just want to copy a strategy. And the next step, you want to understand the strategy. That is very important. The way people put it is they try to understand the strategy without even being able to apply it, which just doesn't work. And from the mental side of things is uh, understanding the variance. I think it's, it's very important. I think every side right now uh, provides some material in elaborating on how brutal the variance can be. So how many games you can be on a downswing So you really get to understand, hey man, you know I can play 500 games uh, and I can be losing a lot of money even though I play well. And this also comes with bankroll management, of course, to understand. Okay, why do I need 100 or 200 buy-in bankroll management if I want to play $10 tournament? That, or I want to play $10 tournaments that I I'm supposed to have $1,000 on my poker bankroll, and being very strict with that and not leaving any room to, you know. Let your emotions come into play and tell you all your ego or you might be better and maybe you should play higher. It it backfires a lot and setting yourself very, very strict rules, even though you might not understand them, listen to the ones you have succeeded. Listen to the poker sites. They have a lot of experience in that. Don't try to be the guy uh, that is like, yeah, I'm going to do it better. I'm different. I'm special. No, you're not. That's exactly how everyone starts that is losing a lot of money because they think they're special, they're better, uh, they have f- figured out the shit and they don't need anyone telling them. Well, that's exactly how you lose your money. That's the best way to lose money really, really fast thinking like this.
0: Okay. Yeah, I, I think the the last sentence is uh, very summarizing. Like, don't, don't try to think you're better than everyone. Like,
2: learn all yeah, yeah. the time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just...
3: That's also how I started. Uh, I was like, my friends told me, you know, you better have some, you know, have a look at preflop charts. Back then, you we were playing this short stick strategy with 20 big bands cash game. I was like, I don't need charts. You know, I'm like, no, I'm, I'm winning in my home games at school and one to send two cent games. So why do I need charts for online poker? And that's how I lost. I don't know. I started with $50 three times and I lost it every single time. So... I speak from my experience and I also speak from experience from a lot of students and a lot of messages that I receive. And it always starts with, yeah, I'm going to, f- I know it better.
2: Yeah, I can say that the same from my experience as well. When I started, I, I lost my, my whole bankroll and only after that with proper bankroll manager, I managed to go up and get the ABI higher and, and study and improve everything. So, and obviously even tidying it up more, by the way, I think that's also an advice think that if someone, for example, is starting with, let's say, an ABI of $10 and he, go, and, he and he improves himself and he studies and he goes up, let's say he, he reaches ABI of 50, if he will just start and decrease the amount of buy-ins that he has and just plays play his, uh, the highest buy-in every time and everything, the variance will kill him. So, you, yeah. in my opinion, you need to even have more mm-hmm. buy-ins the, the higher up you go in the ABIs. Yeah. Um, and I will just add that maybe yeah. not all of our listeners know what ABI
0: is, so ABI is average buy-in.
2: Yeah. 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 Um. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, I do have a question. So You, you mentioned about having uh, having some preflop charts, having some to understand more, more of the concepts and not of the why. Um, mm-hmm. Would you recommend, I know that a lot of, I, I watch Twitch sometimes, and we will talk about it as well, um, so I know a lot of people recommend people to start by watching other players in other Twitch streamers and uh, everything in that sort, YouTube videos, like mostly, mostly free content, that is. Uh, do you think that is the best way for beginners? And if so, what, what should be the follow up? I mean, is it, a, is it a course, a personal tr- coach? Like, uh, I mean, like a course or a personal coach or any other...
3: I think there's so much free stuff out there that you don't necessarily need a course right away. I know this <laughs> uh, if someone who is running a poker school, you might not expect that answer. But I, I've also uh, designed the courses to for people that are in a in a in a position where they understand the concepts that I'm teaching. Especially at the beginning, you might not be there yet, and you might not get as much value. Of course, there's also stuff for beginners, but I, I would encourage everyone to try at least for for a little while on their own. And maybe it even works out and they don't even need a coach or course. I'm not saying you um you always at some point need a coach or course. I think um there are many examples where people have done it without a coach or course. But uh, you definitely need some material, right? Uh, and a lot of sites in these days offer some free material. I mean, yeah, Bochin also is from our Discord where you know you have you can post hands and you get feedback, you know, and, and every day you can learn from people that have way more experience than you have and you get feedback on your hands that you can learn and you're not paying a single cent for it so you have youtube videos you have content creators like myself providing videos where i speak about important topics you can build up your own library with videos if you are more interested in postflop or icm whatever and and you look up all of these poker sites and whatever you think might be best for you and of course if you really struggle and if you can't really see progress it's never bad to have a coach who is looking into your game is telling you listen like you should focus on this this is where you lose the most money or a course where you see okay these are actually the important concepts because one of the biggest problems i see with in my coachings is not necessarily not people knowing strategies it's not knowing where you lose they lose the most money that's but that's normal right if you if you're not experienced as someone else you might not have the understanding that actually something you might be doing is so fundamentally wrong that it literally kills your win rate. So it's good to have someone. You can also have it with Poker Buddies. And this was my agenda with uh, Discord. So you can reach out to others or connect with others. And you might have a user-to-user coaching session where you don't pay anything just with your time and commitment. And they're going to have a look over your game and maybe identify something that you, know, you have been overlooking for a very long time and being able to fix a leak leap without paying lots of money
0: we want to talk about your stream mm-hmm. um, your stream as we all know is very successful um, and we th- there were a lot of questions also about how how the stream affects your game because I know a lot of tr- a lot of streamers say it and maybe even uh, Tom which is a junior streamer will say that it affects your game because when when people watch you and when you're alone, it probably affects your judgment, so we would like to know how how does it affect you. Maybe it affected you more before, and now it's uh, the the effect is less. Uh, please share your uh, thoughts with us.
3: It has one advantage and one disadvantage. Of course, one advantage, uh, one dis- the major disadvantages that. I review my strategy. I review how I perceive certain opponents and they can readjust if they watch the stream, of course. And you don't even know are they watching. And also people doing more random stuff. I mean, this is... If I stream, so much more crazy stuff is happening where people do silly bluffs or make crazy hero calls. So I always need to take that into consideration as well. Uh, for, for the advantage, I would say that... I I since I have to speak out loud my thoughts I would say I do less fundamental mistakes on stream compared to when I play live when I of course I probably on over overall do more mistakes but that's caused by multi-tasking, you know uh, responding to a chat or having some technical is, issues so the stream experience overall for sure makes you more mistakes um when you talk to the chat and then uh, you're, you're involved in a big, big hand or, or, or something. And for me, the streaming part or the streaming experience, even if I play a lot of tables, I still at least here and there want to check in with the chat. Otherwise, I don't need to be streaming. So even if I have, usually I don't try to play more than 16 tables when I'm streaming. So I at least also have a little bit of a, of a chance to engage with the chat. Um, I mean, if I wouldn't be streaming, I'd play like, I don't know, 20, 24 tables. uh, But that's impossible to stream at the same time or at least to to engage with the chat. Um, So, yeah, I would say that the fact that you have to speak it out loud, you make better decisions. It's the same when you would record your own game. And I always recommend this to... If anyone wants to become better, just record your own game and and, and speak out loud your thoughts. And it's also, if you have a coach or someone, you can send it over. It's like, listen, like, do you think somewhere my thought process is flawed? And it's much better for them to have insights on on your thought process and to improve your game. Yeah, but
0: I want to, like, uh, ask another thing Mm -hmm. in this subject. Um, Yeah, sure. Okay, today you're very popular and, of course, your confidence is very high. But let's say that in the beginning when you made, yeah. when you were like uh, a beginner of uh, a streamer weren't you had mm-hmm. like situation that you said okay if i wasn't if there were, weren't people watching i wasn't making this play but since there are people watching i will do it or or the exactly the opposite like if there if sure, there were not 100%. yeah
3: yeah absolutely and it's probably still happening oh still unconsciously where Yeah, we're human beings. I think it's it's solely natural, you know, when 2000 people are watching you that in some moments, especially when you grind for long, it's like, do you really want to make now this play? And then, you know, you have to explain to the chat or people are going to be sending messages. It's, of course, it's there. And it certainly also affects my decision making process in a certain way.
2: Yeah, it's also funny. Be, be, uh, before that, you mentioned that you don't play more than 16 tables while streaming. <laughs> I think that most of the streamers that I, I tend to watch, uh, for example, the Staples Brothers, uh, Beverly Lex, uh, the exception is Slayer V1, of course, which plays 20 and talks with the chat more than any other streamer. Uh, so, most of the Twitch streamers, they mentioned that if Jeff Gross, for example, they can't, they prefer to play like max of six tables <laughs> while streaming. So saying sixteen is kind of crazy in terms of that. Yeah, from our the,
0: eyebrows were like sixteen. Yeah. I can't handle two yeah. without chat. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I know that
2: from watching from watching your stream, of course, and modding it when I can. Um, but I guess that when you p- also play that amount of tables, obviously you can play, pay a lot less attention to the chat. Um, and I don't know yeah. if people uh, see that or whether it inf- influences their the time in the, in the, um, in the tweet chat, I mean, whether they will stay longer or more. I think that usually for now, as we can see with a lot of high stakes that are starting to stream people, even if, if the, even if the players are not um, talking as much and answering questions in the chat and everything, just still just want to watch to see what they are doing. So do you think that yeah. is one of the, one of the things that keeps you going with two, three, four K viewers, even when sometimes you not, you don't talk as much.
3: So, sorry. So you mean that the motivation to engage with the chat keeps me going? I'm not sure ah, if I no, got no, the no. question
2: I, right. I, I, I mean, okay. So I'm, what, I'm talking about the viewers. So mm-hmm. like if you have 16 tables, obviously you t- you talk a lot less with the, with the viewers, with the chat. Yeah. So of do course, you see yeah. that as playing high stakes and explaining your, your thought process and basically giving people free material and study keeps mm. people more in the chat in on contrary to the to people that talk a lot more
3: okay uh i haven't really thought about it it's an interesting question to be honest i
1: yeah i, I was gonna ask I don't a similar know. question about like there are there are two two uh kinds of streamers the the, the interactive ones and the the silent ones, the yeah. Not the silent, the one like Colin Pav For example. Yeah, the the ones that goes much into details about why they're making every de- every decisions and, and explaining the the thought third, third process, and then there are the, the interactive, the, the the run with the chat and answer questions and talk a lot and have fun, and you obviously more of the of the 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 former one in the former category. So uh, do you do you, it's like what what decision? What this is what makes you decide you're gonna go with this this kind of stream uh, and suppose to the other one
3: because i enjoy engaging with the chat i mean one reason to start the whole project around raise the edge was to help people to give them advice when it comes to poker so of course also when i stream i embody the same beliefs or the same agenda with with the whole project of trying to improve improve people's poker play but for free or poker game <laughs> no,
1: <nothing. laughs> yeah yeah uh,
2: actually something that i talked about with Alon dar shout out to him you probably know him Zero day in although in Razor Edge. uh so you also said that yeah if let's, let's say you grind for nine hours so if you're grinding alone mm-hmm. in your room with nothing just music or whatever it's much different than grinding on stream. You can engage with chat, you can talk with people. Does that motivate you a little more maybe to grind sometimes? Because I know that you play a lot less right now, for example.
3: Well, I'm playing a lot less because I have, I mean, just the the team around Raise Your Edge, we are, I don't know, around 20 people, if you consider the coaches. So you have lots of meetings, you have to discuss a lot of stuff around the content, marketing, a sale that is happening, updates for the course um we get approached for potential partnerships collaborations needs to be talked through then you have the you know what always happens in business legal stuff tech stuff that you need to deal with so it's like a full-time job like uh with with creating the youtube videos as well uh, having team meetings i have my five six seven eight sometimes 10 hour days just not even playing and and also want to study a little bit for myself and So I can't really play more than once or twice a week. Uh, If now the scoop coming up, I really need to work a lot more in advance to make sure that I need to make less YouTube videos. I'm not going to have scheduled any podcasts. Uh, I'm not going to be participating in any, any any meetings. The people know what we're going to be focusing on over, over the course of the these two, three weeks so that I really free up a lot of time. Uh, but I cannot just from today to tomorrow, I'm going to be playing a full week because then a lot of other stuff is going to be uh, left behind. So, yeah, that that's the, the motivation is not... I don't mind being alone, like sitting there for 10 hours, 12 hours grinding. I, I enjoy that. Um, it's just... Right, it's simply that I don't have the time, then also, our esports project and some other smaller projects that I'm involved in. So, no, it's it, it takes a lot of time, and then also, of course, I want to spend time with my girlfriend or friends. Yeah,
1: yeah. that is important, no, or have a life in like <laughs> any other <laughs> Which way, I, by
3: yeah. the way, which I, by the way, met in Israel. Oh, I, I met her in the, Tel Aviv. There was, the, yeah, yeah, yeah
0: Alon also, Alon Eldara Haraday, he asked, uh, I, t- I told you that we have small questions uh, along the way from uh. From listeners, and he asked, is it true that you met your uh, girlfriend on Tel Aviv on the beach?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. she's yeah, German as well? Almost five, five years ago, we met each other on she's the beach. She's also she German? Lived in, yeah. No, she's from Bulgaria.
2: Oh, so a German and Bulgarian meet in Tel Aviv. That's nice. That, yeah, that's, yeah. A,
0: that's a good story. That's a good story. Yeah, <laughs> it is, yeah. Um, so as I said, I want to combine and to add some questions from our uh, listeners. We had many, many questions, I think over 60, but uh, we took down the best. And uh, one of them was by uh, Kobe Blyman. He wanted to you to tell about online tales. So I'm going to just ask, how many of the online tales are real? How many of them are like it just it, you, you shouldn't pay attention to um, what can you share your uh, how can you share your thoughts about online tells?
3: Oh, a lot, and I think they're actually quite reliable. I would say almost more than because if you sit in front of a computer, you don't really try to hide anything because you think nobody can see anything. But timing tells I would say are the biggest. So, for example, you very often are going to have the spot where, let's say. There's a flush draw on the turn, and you bet a sizing where all of his flush draws have a snap call, right? So you don't have a long... I mean, there's always the situation, maybe his mom enters the room and wants something from him. That's why he's distracted, right? And then we level ourselves. But, you know, we take our chances, right? It's more likely that he has a marginal hand or he's trapping. So when the flush gets there on the river, very often you can already discount certain hands because of his tanking uh, on, on flop or turn. So, or snap checking, what I, what I uh, snap, so tanking on the river, usually out of position, I consider as rather weak. And I think it's also very similar to life where people pretend to tell you the message of or tell you the story, hey, I have something, I have something good, so you better think twice what are you going to do yeah
0: like like they like they uh take their chip and they make them ready for a call it's usually when they they are weak it's like i I don't want you to bet so here here are my chips and i'm (laughs) gonna call you (laughs)
3: yeah yeah no um so i would say when people out of position if you for example you bet flop you bet turn and then they tank for like five ten seconds and check to you on the river it's it's also some sort of mechanism to think already through what happens if they bet, in order to um, yeah not waste their time bank or maybe they have very little time bank, so they take the time to before they check to already think certain um, outcomes through to make a better decision, which which makes a lot of sense. Which is I'm not saying it's bad, but I think on average it's it's a hand that really doesn't want to call, and just okay, if he goes all in, if he overbets all in, what I'm going to do if I face a small bet, do I have an easy call? Um, and then the snap check, I would say, so with with tanking, I mean, I would say one or two seconds before the time bank expires. So let's say on PokerStars, you have 15, 15 seconds. I think everything more than, let's say, 10 seconds, I would consider as overly long tanking on the river, where He is thinking something through, or he wants to pretend to be strong. That you know, I actually have a good hand. I was thinking, should I bet, maybe fire a large bet? These kind of little mind games that are happening. The snap checks, I would say, are very often a trap or very easy faults. Okay.
1: Okay. Anything else you want to ask? No, Um, yeah. yeah. So, Uh, when you talk about. yeah, okay, okay, keep going.
3: I I think it's very important with with also, but the, the most reliable tell I would I, I would say I've discovered in my career is when when they snap call or, or um, snap tank before calling a uh, snap tank they tank yeah. before calling because. You know, if, if, if you have, a, especially if you play against an opponent that is not a maniac, he plays somewhat solid and then he tanks, you can already exc- preclude lots of flush draws. Like, hand, you know, that's an easy call. You know, you bet half pot, maybe small sizing, he tanks forever. Um, something that you wouldn't usually do with a draw, especially when you're in position. Um, and this also makes your life easier to, all right, if he can't have a flush or it's unlikely he has a flush, you have an easier time value betting your maybe top pair or. Two pair and because people often like oh you can have all the flushes but when you consider the timing tear now actually doesn't right or maybe if he goes for i i think i did a lot of hero calls in these spots where um let's say the board is i don't know whatever kind of board and uh, they might have the ace high with a flush draw blocker on the river because that's actually a hand that really is tanking on the turn you know might be, you know, he knows he's, we we still have a lot of draws we can bet with, he has an ace high, he might be good he has the, let's say, club blocker, when there are two clubs out there, you might think oh, if the club gets there, I can turn my hand into bluff okay, let's call, then the club gets there you bet, and then he's like oh, I have a good hand bluffing, (laughs) and then you think it through, you with your two pairs, like well, actually you don't have a lot of flushes because you wouldn't tank that long on the turn with a flush draw but you have all these ace king ace queen maybe an ace eight off whatever with the ace in clubs that actually needs time to think it through whether you want to be calling an ace high on the turn so these kind of situations I think are very reliable and people might not be aware of how many in- intel you can gain from your opponent tanking nice that's
1: some high level shit I can't even <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think
2: that people actually Yes, a little more about whether people multi-table about timing as well. For example, as you play 20 tables, I mean, can that yeah. should probably be a factor as well, factored in, I guess. Of course, yeah. Um, okay, so another...
0: Uh, we had, like, two questions that, for me, were uh, pretty similar, so I get gathered them into one question. They were by Gil Becker and Yaron Ganut. I hope I pronounced the names uh, correct. So... What do you think makes you uh, so successful in uh, poker, and what is the common, maybe the common uh, characteristics for the best poker players in the in the world right now?
1: Basically, what is the X factor—the the yeah. one that makes you <laughs> you guys so special? Exactly.
3: Uh, I can't really speak of for so many other X, but I would say that I have that I'm very ambitious, yeah. yet I have very little pressure. So, and you might have seen it and heard it in a lot of my videos that even if I lose a lot of money or even if I might go broke in poker, my life is going to be all right. So I don't depend on poker. And this has been something from very early on. know, I was still doing my degree and bachelor's. I think it's good to to just have your shit in order and, and not be so dependent on poker because it creates a lot of pressure it creates a lot of attachment to the game attachment to the money you need the money in order to pay to pay your bills you need the money in order to pay back your debt and this is where i would say uh, over the even against over good racks you know i have i'm in a very very happy relationship i live in a very beautiful i don't have to worry about you know finding the love of my life or you know i have very very amazing friends you know also very top pros are from what i've experienced very often lonely and a little depressed and uh, might be successful in poker, and I think that also gives me that extra little bit of edge where I can really work a lot because I have people having my back. I have a comp- I have a lot of diversity. You know, if I don't feel like grinding for three weeks, I have so many other projects. I'm not going to be sitting at home uh, for three weeks and watching YouTube video because I don't know what else to do. So. I'm very fulfilled right now, I have lots of purpose, I have lots of projects I can tackle and I've been building, I've been working towards that for many, many years and because I realized how important it is to not be dependent on poker and that's something uh, that has created a lot of freedom, a lot of space in my mind to yeah, play to the best of my ability.
1: I love it. Yeah. Uh, you want to be successful in poker? Get a life. Have a backup plan. <laughs> have a backup plan. <laughs> Perfect. You,
3: you described it in a very German, a very efficient sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but we, we yeah. always
0: talk about it also in our podcast. I mean, me and uh, Elkanah were both not professional poker players, no, and we always say, be. and <laughs> we always say to everyone, always have a backup plan because very very little uh, amount of players can be really successful and uh, and earn in online or, or not online or poker generally.
2: Yeah, um, I remember yeah. even Ben saying it in one of his podcasts with some. I don't remember the guest, but he said that yeah, most people won't be professional poker players because that's how it is. Most, popular, most yeah. people, most people won't be the professional football players or anything in that matter.
1: Yeah, but the thing is, for poker to 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 continue be a fun game and for people to, to, to make money of, you need us. You need the recreationals. You need the the amateurs. Yeah. Yeah. The the people who, who won't go pro. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Um, so another question. This one is uh, regarding uh, raise raise your edge. Uh, of course, there were a lot of questions about raise your edge. It's a question by Ziv Dascalo. Is also a very uh, uh, cool guy and a uh, listener, and he wanted to ask your opinion about uh, how do you think raise your uh, raise your edge is different from the competitors. I mean, there are a lot of uh, other uh, poker coaching. Uh, uh, websites. What, what do you think makes Raise Your Edge uh, different and successful, probably? Uh, Can I, uh, uh,
1: uh, what's Raise Your Edge Edge?
0: Yeah, nice.
1: That's us <laughs> nice. make puns even in uh, English. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I think um, the the ability to reinvest on, on what we make to, to give it back to the community in a way that we provide. We pay coaches in Discord that help the community I think we have seven or eight coaches at Discord being active every single day, responding to questions, having a very, very active community, a very engaging community that is supporting helping each other. I think that's the, the core asset that we have with Razor Edge. And I haven't seen every single course. Like, I cannot tell you, like, okay, I don't know, uh, BBZ is doing this better and they're doing this worse. And at the end of the day, also, it's up to the student to decide who is better. Who's it's It's not all we can do is to offer what we believe will help you to make a poker player, a good poker player. And it's, it's never our, or at least my belief that I'm going to go out there and say, Hey, we are better than XYZ. I of course will share my concerns. If I think, Hey, listen, like this is a tool or software that you should be very careful about because it's missing some fundamental aspects of learning, right? But this is then more sharing concern about the way of studying and with Razor edge, you always get the, the perfect balance between GTO and exploitative poker, which is very essential these days. Poker is beatable. If it, would be all, well, if it would be all about GTO poker, it would mean that there's no money to make because everyone plays perfect. Exactly. A core principle of GTO poker is that your opponent plays perfect so that's not the case in poker absolutely not even for the best players in the world so if you try to play gto you might be you might be profitable but it's a not not an efficient or effective way of trying to apply a strategy because the exploitative strategy is going to make you way more money and i don't want to say it's a shortcut but i find that sometimes the gto frequencies it's so difficult to learn and can be very overwhelming and confusing and with some simplifications, you're going to have a much easier life. Uh, for example, against recreationals, like we all know it, you don't need to bluff. They don't like folding. So you don't need to sit down and try to analyze the hand that you played against a, a donk that just doesn't like folding. He just plays for fun. And you don't need to study how to, you know, find your the perfect blast against him in a three-bit pot for a and big blinds. It's just stupid. You're just wasting your time. You just, you wait for a good hand. You don't need a solver to tell you that. And you also have a lot of regulars who don't like, they're good, they make money, but they have the leak of being calling stations against other regulars because, I don't know, they're ego or whatever. So you just wait until you have a good hand, period. And then you have good regs where, of course, you want to look into maybe some sims and see what we're supposed to bluff. But a lot of the times we don't. And that counts for all areas, whether it's ICM sports, pre-flop, post-flop mighty way blind versus blind
1: <laughs> yeah. amazing
3: yeah
0: yeah reminds me of a question uh, I've, um famous phrase by Daniel Negrano who said that the poker it's a very simple game you have a good hand you, you play you don't have a good hand you just fold uh <laughs> that that's simple um yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, would it be so simple yeah there was no, a... poker is not even close to being simple no of opinion. course <laughs> not of course not
0: um there was a question by oded hamama who's, who he asked and something that i also wanted to ask but we'll give him the credit um you play poker many many years um, is it still mm-hmm. fun for you or is it fl- like, like a job, like a Sunday, l- like a Monday nine to five job? Like, uh, uh, I don't have like, I-, I don't want to play this shit anymore.
3: No, uh, I would say overall it's still fun. I still enjoy it a lot. Otherwise I wouldn't be doing it. But there's certainly days where I'm like Sundays today or there's a Sunday. I'm like not today. I'm not feeling like playing poker. But this very often is just also because there's something else going on in my life that just takes a lot of my mental capacity away and my attention. So then it's not because of the game. It's just I don't feel it. <laughs> and then I don't play. I skip a but,
0: but basically, you still enjoy it. I mean, you still have the passion. Of like You you yeah. all, you, you yeah. still get, uh, I don't say nervous, but excited when you, I don't know, flop mm-hmm. quads or something.
3: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> we don't see it Even if, that, if I yeah. just get a 9.8... Even if I just get to the, the hype right before, you know, if 9-8 suited three-way flop, you get to see the cars like, oh, my God, this could be a big hand. And then, I mean, <laughs> and then it then comes ace, ace, king, but you know, it's not yeah. uh, Actually,
2: yeah. going back to previous, I mean, on your stream, people tend to say, I mean, so you busted a big hand in a big hand or you won a big hand. And people are like, oh, it's German. He has no feelings. It doesn't show anything <laughs> <laughs> like in the chat, like in the chat.
3: But in the inside, I'm I'm excited. And in the inside, I'm excited enough to to play this game. <laughs> Maybe I don't shot it. But uh, you know, if you play poker for ten years, and especially with my sit and go background, I think this really has helped me to just, you know, don't freak out when there's a big pot or a suck out. I mean, I've seen I've experienced millions all ins from having zero point zero one percent on the flop to winning the hand from having ninety-nine point nine percent on the flop on and losing it. And I've seen it so many times that it's not really like of course it's more more of a tragedy when it happens in a deep run and it kind of frustrates me as well, but it's not that I freak out or get like overly angry or something.
2: I think that is one part of the mental aspect that it should be like a tip for beginners or basically any poker player. I see and hear a lot of people just getting into tilt and crushing their mouses and computers and screens and everything. (laughs) And they just don't get out of it. I know that obviously you're talking about a lot and you worked with uh, Mindset coaches like Elliot Rowe, for example.
1: Mm-hmm. So,
2: would you recommend doing any uh, mental game to 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 focus a lot of mental game in that aspect even prior to technical? In for certain players, I mean, if we if you get tilted, you play a Sunday. You get you play twelve tables. You have a deep run in your first game, and you get tilted because you lose you lose aces to kings in the the final table bubble, and then you crush your whole Sunday.
3: So, yeah
2: would you think that that is much more important to work on whether on the technical stuff for, for
3: yeah ab- absolutely I, I wouldn't say necessarily more but I feel like it's it's heavily neglected by a lot of players and and also it has side effects on your life if you manage to control your emotions on the poker table which is a very difficult thing to do you're going to be doing very well in your life you're going to be much more calmer much more relaxed your decision making system is on point. So I I've, I think this is just well, even though you think you might not need it that much for poker, but I think it's just very helpful for your life in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And I still I still have sessions with a yet like it's, it's a never ending journey. I mean, this life, you, you will never reach a point where it's Oh, now I'm a machine. <laughs> I never did. I always control my emotions. You can always because with certain circumstances coming in your life, it will change, it will affect your mood, your emotions, and you need to adjust. And it's always helpful to to have a mindset coach. Yeah,
1: but also I want to say, like, it's not something you hear a lot from from poker coaches or from professionals. It's okay to get excited. Of course. It's okay yeah. to, to when you when you run deep, when you're in the final table bubble. It's okay to feel even for for the slightest, for the smallest hands. Even if you lose now, uh, uh, like a flip, it's t- it's okay to, 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 to be there to feel it to, to uh, and, and not just onto the next one. It's something yeah. you don't hear much, and and your mm-hmm. your position it's certainly refreshing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're not Thank machines.
2: You. I think. Yeah, no, we're yeah, not. I think you can. I mean, in my opinion, yeah, you can get excited. You can. You lose like let's say, like let's I said, the, the aces to kings in a fine table bubble. <laughs> You can get angry or whatever, like upset, for one second, and you need to to learn and know how to continue, and that's I think, that I think is the key to to have a more sustainable uh, mindset yeah, in that. Yeah, problem. I
0: think most most what El Cana meant, most uh, poker uh, I do professionals and coaches said. Not said you can't get uh, excited or angry. It just don't let like. Don't let it uh, affect the rest of your game once it happened. I think this
1: is uh, mm. this is what what I'm. But maybe the are. What do you mean? You, you need to let it uh, affect your game, I'm just putting it out there. <laughs> I, okay, yeah, uh,
0: uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, For the next next question is by uh, Eliasaf Dewell, which is uh, was also a guest here twice in this podcast. Um, mm-hmm. He spoke about uh, your yeah, I mean, at, at the beginning you didn't uh, you didn't expose yourself, probably some some people didn't know who you are. Uh, and then eventually you decided to to say hi. I'm Benjamin Rolle and uh, this is me. I'm Ben CB. Um, so, why did you chose at the beginning not to to share your real identity, and why then you you did decided to do it?
3: I think the ultimate goal in life should be at least for me. Right, I'm not speaking for others. I'm not saying hey, this is how you should see it. But for me, it was always. Becoming successful without being recognized as successful, or being rich or becoming rich without being recognized as being rich, I think this just creates a lot of harmony and, and peace in your life. And I always saw it as distraction to be exposed, and you know, um, didn't see any value in that. I just didn't uh, see anything good coming from that. It's like, hey, I want to grind. I want to play poker. I had my poker school, I had my coachings and I was helping people. I had a purpose and I was fine. Uh, but at some point we just kept growing and growing and we started doing live events and I got to realise how how much I enjoy working with people in, in real situation or in real life, from face to face. Uh, we had boot camp and we had a boot camp in Barcelona and this also really proved my experience from from the first event we I, I we had in in Vienna that I really enjoyed doing these kind of live bootcamps and connecting with with our community, with our students, and even building some friendships. And that was really great. And also another factor that people were approaching me some really great projects or great people that wanted to be working with me with me. But it would have been extremely hard or almost impossible without me, you know, stepping up and coming in front of the camp. So I made the decision to give it a try. And yeah, but turned out to be a good decision yeah, and now
2: you're allowed in front of the camp
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah when i do it then i do it right. Yeah, there is no there's no halfway yeah. it's either go home or go <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: i have a story about that actually uh, like uh, two years ago in uh, wsop in 2019 you were still uh, unknown you were just Ben Cb, some enigma some internet enigma and you had uh, raised your age in Alon Eldar, he he played in some of the events, and he, he, I was back here in Israel, and I was refreshing poker news like twenty four seven. I all, all I did was tracking all the tournaments, all the Israeli players, all the f- famous uh, players, and then he asked me, "Can you tell me now who bust the the?" The 600 deep stack because uh, uh, Ben Cb wrote on his Twitter that he busted and I need to check it out who <laughs> he is. I need to see on the list on the on the name list who finished in in 2181 <laughs> place. <laughs> and and, <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> was it was it a lifetime? Yeah, it was a, a deep stack d- tournament in Vegas. There were like in in the WSOP. 600 of them.
3: Ah, it was from like 2014. Then, no, right? it f-
2: 2019. Yeah.
3: But ah okay okay I see that that's yeah. the story
1: yeah. yeah okay so so yeah. if
0: if we already Elkan opened it about live uh, about live poker um so I mean you play most online and uh, we didn't see you in many many live events is it going to change when uh, live events will be back uh, post COVID era
3: it depends I'm probably not grinding a lot I would like to go. I, I intended to go to the PSPC in Barcelona which just got canceled a couple of days ago.
0: Yeah.
1: Sucks um, again.
3: Um surely Vegas, you know, some stops in Europe here and there not grinding a lot but trying to combine it with maybe some events that we do with Raise Your Edge somewhere close by last year or the year before two years well, you know two years ago actually almost uh, we combined the EPT with our boot camp so people stayed a couple of days longer could attend our boot camp so,
2: uh yeah, I think you was, understand I why I was in that EPT? What? I, I was at the beginning of that EPT.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. just you, he said like bootcamp like uh, five times in the, in the last 10 minutes. And you, you understand why I like this accent? <laughs> <laughs> the bootcamp? Yeah, the, <laughs> the bootcamp. Yeah. Sorry. W- will
2: you be doing any, any f- uh, future bootcamp post COVID as well? Are you considering that?
1: Yeah, absolutely okay good to know yeah yeah
2: (laughs) check (laughs) nice to know and
0: uh once there will be a schedule uh, let us know (laughs) um okay we have many many as i said we have many questions and we gathered some uh, more we have like uh 15 minutes so we have like seven eight questions so let's try to squeeze all of them in um alex bunin asks if do you play something that is not Poker tournaments, maybe I don't know. Do you play? Do you play a lot of cash? Maybe do you play other uh, variants formats? Maybe some things that are not poker. I mean, we heard you were a soccer player.
3: Uh, I love playing some video games. I mean, we're involved in esports. I have an esports background. I love uh, kickboxing. I used to do also uh, krav maga on a regular basis, which I guess you guys are very familiar with. Yeah, yeah all the Israelis are krav Maga from... champions.
1: Yeah, actually,
2: if if <laughs> yeah. I remember correctly, you had you had an Israeli coach for krav maga, right?
3: Yeah, yeah, I also had an Israeli coach. Yeah, so because I was before, I I had a guy who was not from Israel, and I felt like, you know, if you really want to learn krav maga. You need to have someone with an Israeli background. Authentic. <laughs> Otherwise, it's not the real deal. <laughs> you need authenticity. So- yeah,
2: that's nice. <laughs> and,
0: uh, and and on poker, some you play also cash. Or- yeah,
3: I sometimes cash game. I mean, I've seen uh, some some cash game videos on our uh, YouTube that I uploaded. Zoom 500 low stakes, all all different stakes. Um, I here and there some PLO, just very rarely. But I also enjoy actually PLO if I find the time. Have nothing better to do, than j- jump in the PO pool. Nice, yeah. and, nice. Sh- and show And deck. also doing scoop, I like the I like the draw games a lot. I am gonna play the draw tournaments, mm. n- um, single draw, mm. uh, some mixed games. Well, all yeah. the games that I have no. Not
1: saying not saying that I'm good at it. But <laughs> <I'm> trying. <laughs> not enough of those in Israel.
3: Yeah. I actually remember you
2: ran deep in a scoop, I think, or was it W Coup in a short deck tournament? Actually.
1: Yeah,
3: yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> yeah. I hate this game. The
2: equities yeah. in short deck is so weird. The variance
0: is crazy, right? Also, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: okay, so another question by Elias Afdowell. He asked, the, "Oh, that, that's a very interesting one. Uh, which players uh, used to be your uh, inspiration uh, when you started your poker journey? Maybe who inspires you in poker right now? Well, we'd like to hear about it."
3: Um, I wouldn't say back then. I, I wasn't really following the, the the pro scene a lot. I was just in my online grind. And if you're an online nerd, you know, you just... And I was really not following the poker scene or the industry uh, itself. So who, I want, who won a lot of titles or whatever. Um, it's like guys I was looking up to, the grinding man, uh, ability back then. was like Tom Duan, you know, the young guy. I was, of course, someone you would look up to. Um, and then there would be... Um, Today, it's uh, Eric Seidel that really stands out in terms of his consistency before COVID. When he was playing, like he was still showing up and being able to adjust to the to the player pool, and that was really remarkable. A Imagine. lot of these guys from old school, you know, like Phil Hellmuth, they really struggled to adjust to you know the new age. Uh, poker tendencies and that's why you see a lot of these guys also not playing these high rollers on a consistent basis. So yeah. Um yeah. if I would if I would
1: say one name it would be excited. Yeah.
2: yeah, coach of uh Maria Konikova.
1: He's not <laughs> the coach of Maria Konikova. Maria Konikova, he's the student of Alex <laughs> I am asking of you. Please. Yeah, I'm, I actually <laughs> he's funny a legend. Story.
2: I ordered I uh, ordered their book. I don't remember from which site. It was supposed to come. It passed like a month and a half and it never come. It never came, so they just refunded. But I still don't have the book yet. <laughs> yeah. I know,
3: I, it's a great book. You mean the book from uh, Maria Konicovo?
2: Yeah, I also, yeah, mm-hmm. also listened to your podcast with her.
1: You remember <laughs> when you when you started like uh, like poker and follow poker and you saw rounders and you saw Eric Seidel in that pot lose to lose to Johnny Chan in the World Series and say, "Oh, this Eric Seidel, what a fish!" <laughs> uh, <Okay>. yeah, no, <laughs> not really, it's Eric Seidel. He's losing. <laughs> no okay so <laughs> okay. I wanna I want to ask, uh, uh, ask uh, a question by shai Shabo uh, he asked do you prefer uh, tournaments with uh, a small binds and a, a bigger a player pool or like a, a very uh, like high rollers with a higher bind and smaller player pool
3: uh, I like both <laughs> I wouldn't say I no, I like both. <laughs> which
1: one, which money are you most, uh, more successful in? <laughs> Sunday
2: Storm.
3: <laughs> oh, I have no Sunday Storm. I'm probably even down in money. Um, I have I've never looked it up. Oh, okay. Honestly, I I have no idea. I think I will do better because you're going to be more often ICM spots in the smaller fields. But I can't really say. I can't really back this up with any numbers. <laughs> I barely check my results. I really don't care about it
1: okay Uh,
0: okay
3: i just try to make money on consistent basis to win tournaments and focus on the things i i have in control you know making good decisions improving my poker game reviewing hands getting feedback on others Mm -hmm. and then the results will take care of itself i do it the opposite way as many do it they focus on the results and then they try to um you know improve things i just try to focus on the process and my decisions and and then, as I said, the result will take care of itself.
2: Yeah. Another aspect of the mental. Yeah. Aspect of it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. There was a question by Jonathan Baruch, and I hope that I'm gonna uh, rephrase it correctly because uh, I don't remember you saying it, but probably you probably did. He asked you. He said that you sometimes say that uh, three bet and flat calling has the same EV. So he wanted you to maybe to to talk about it a bit more. Mm-hmm.
3: I actually just made a record a YouTube video yesterday that I'm going to put uh, on YouTube the next couple of days. Where sometimes it's it's not like identical, but for example, there was a spot where you know um, if you're in the big blind and you defend and you have the option to defend or three bet. The we would very often if we fold we lose one big blind. So basically. The moment we lose less than a big blind, so let's say you only lose 0.6 big blinds, you want to make that decision whether it's call or three bet. So let's say I there was a spot where, let's say you have a hand like, I don't know, seven, seven, six suited, and the V is 0.6 big blinds in, in calling and or minus 0.6, right? So you only lose... Um, 0.6 big blinds so actually you win 0. 0.4 big blinds over um, uh, over folding so and then 3 betting is like minus point uh, I don't know 6 what did I say did I say minus point 4 or minus 0. Minus 0. 6 minus point 0.6 minus point 6 and then 3 betting is like minus point 0. 6 point 0. 0.5 or minus point 6 Eight. So it's like 0.07 or 0.5 big blinds EV difference. It's, it's neglectable, nice. right? So this is where I say that the EV is almost identical, and um, especially when the solver likes to choose certain frequencies. So, you know, wants to 3-bet 50% of the time, wants to call 50% of the time. Um, you know that... It's literally whatever, and you should probably make the best decision based on your opponent. You think maybe slightly overcalling, overfolding. If he just calls one combo more or one hand more, or folds one hand more against your three bet than he's supposed to, you want to be three betting. This already shifts mm-hmm. the EV in in a different direction. So, yeah, so many uh, small details we need na- need to take into consideration. So I think it's important to have a sound approach towards the game. So. You play fundamentally correct that you know roughly how many hands you want to be defending and how wide you want to be defending. So if, let's say, you defend 60% of your hands and you're not going to be like a nit like 30 or 40% or you're going to be defending 100% that you don't make blunders. And I think that's that's way more crucial than, you know, looking at these super, super marginal differences in, in, in calling and three betting.
0: Yeah. I hope that
2: you understood understood it because I lost him <laughs> about two
0: minutes ago yeah. I was like I have no idea what he's yeah, talking well, about <laughs> basically it's
2: like you look. <laughs> you look for example in Paul Slop in PIO you can have the EV of checking and betting or betting a third and betting 50% pretty much the same so it's neglectable it doesn't matter yeah. okay. I understand yeah. most
1: of it but uh, again it's so much higher level than we two used to. <laughs> we play live tournaments in Israel. You don't need, to <laughs> you don't need, you don't need to those play. calculations. No, no. just <laughs> don't bluff and you'll be alright. <laughs> uh,
0: okay, so we have uh, like three more questions. Uh, okay, that's a nice one by uh, Gil Becker. Is raise your edge m- is more profitable than a successful poker player? <laughs> Sorry? He asked if uh, if Razor Edge is more profitable than a successful poker player.
3: So if Razor Edge running the business is more profitable than playing poker. Um, yeah, maybe, you can yeah, say that.
0: You can, say <laughs> that. You can re- rephrase it. He had a, ra- a really Israeli phrasing. But uh, yeah, you can... you can.
3: Okay. No, it's not. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
1: yeah, this guy's playing like the, the high roller. It's, it's profitable, certainly but
3: I, it's it's more profitable if I would just play on my own oh. and grind a so full schedule. Thank
1: you for that, for, for making this... Did I just... <laughs> okay.
0: Yeah, you, you almost broke the table. Yeah. Uh, Nothing new. Okay, so... Okay, there's a question by uh, Daniel Sadok. Um, it's kind of taking you into our uh, Israeli spot. Let's say that you lived in a poker... Uh, that in a country that poker is illegal. Let's say Israel. And uh, would you still do it uh would, and if you did would you fight for poker to be legal in your country and how, how would you try to to explain why this game should be
2: legal and basically why it's not like gambling and like everything yeah which is sort of why it's illegal here i guess
1: yes sort of yeah
2: sort of
3: um it depends on what you want in life um there are people that, you know, they really want to make a big impact and they would fight for it then go for it. I think in terms of EV and in terms of effectiveness, probably better if you spend your time in finding a different country move away and I think in terms of the community EV, it's probably better if you do it, but in terms of your own EV, it's better if you just leave the country and Um, yeah, like, I think about you, you moved to England, right? To London. Yeah, I didn't remember correctly. Yeah. That's going to be way more effective. (laughs) I can tell you, Germany is now trying to do this for 20 years. So even if you might get in two or three years to convince a politician, another party is coming to the power. And positions change and you have to start all over again. Yeah, Yeah, everything (laughs) changes. Yeah, I feel like this is a a little bit of like a lost battle. And I think this is also where the poker sites have way more manpower, way more resources to fight for online poker or poker in general, instead of yeah, us as individuals trying to Mm. do what poker sites are now trying to do for like many, many years. Yeah. Yeah. I'm saying it's not impossible, like, so, I mean, if you dream back, but uh, it's very important to build a network, to reach out to politicians, to, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, we were living this uh, reality here. We had, like, uh, Israeli locals who were trying to, to fight this uh, war against uh, the against, uh, making i mean to fight to make poker legal and so far it's not very successful here but uh there are some uh, some achievements uh okay so last question before uh, we thank you and wrap up this is a this, weird one th- this is a weird one and i probably it's a very funny one by uh, itzik karasik what is your obsession with cold showers
3: well just try it out and then you will understand <laughs>
1: Wow! <laughs> what? What? what like, yeah. Okay.
0: Okay. You say. You say. Just try it out. Call, put, like getting into the shower, putting the cold water, and just. I it's tried. A, it's something
1: you need to I feel. Tried. I, need to feel I tried. I was in the military. I tried.
2: Yeah,
3: but... Aren't you, aren't you, aren't you these, these tough guys? I thought all, <laughs> all of you guys are going to take cold showers. Yeah. I'm surprised. I mean, we, we are, why, why is this question even coming up? Why is this even the debate? I know, we're, <laughs> we're tough,
0: but we <laughs> don't like getting cold. <laughs> yeah, we're not, we're
1: pussies. We, we don't know. No, like. <laughs> I think maybe
2: it's because of the weather in Israel. The weather in Israel is usually hot, so people are not used to the cold, only maybe in the army in mm-hmm. some spots. <clears throat> so, and not all of spots, of course.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay.
3: No, but it's, it makes you, it's... I find it better than coffee. It just wakes you up. It makes you. It improves your immune system. I I haven't been sick for like I don't know like I don't know five six seven years, where I've really had to lie in bed for a couple of days and recover. It just it doesn't happen. It strengthens your immune system.
1: I want to hear this about why? Why it's did you ask this last? System, I want to huh? hear about it more. Like I want, I, I want to, to, to start a health <laughs> podcast and 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 ho, and, and, uh, and talk about cold showers. Yeah, and, and have you as my <laughs> guest and talk about cold cold showers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: I, I mean, there's also so much info on the internet, and okay. oh, I'm Wim Hof is for me a big inspiration, and yeah.
0: Uh, okay, Ben. Uh, thank you so much for uh, joining our uh, podcast. It was a real pleasure. Uh, and um, what can we wish you? Like, keep on running
1: well and keep on... Uh... No,
3: just health. What? Just health.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Keep <laughs> yeah. on running well, not just in poker. In, in yeah, life. in life. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Run in well life. In life. Good run in life. And still
2: yeah. good luck in scoop and everything coming up right now, next Sunday.
1: Do you have something you want to say to our listeners, to us, to, to the world?
3: Ah, just uh, take care of yourself. Yeah, just take care of yourself. um, Live healthy, eat good food, work out, and you're gonna be you're gonna be healthy for the most part, and that's the most important thing.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah, totally agree. So uh, again, thank you very much. Uh, Thank you. Very nice talking to you, and uh, I hope we'll have to have a chance to to talk to you again someday.
3: Yeah. Thank you so
1: much for inviting me.
0: Thanks for coming in. Thank you. Keep doing what you guys are doing. Thanks. Bye, Ben.
1: And much love to Israel. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye.
2: Bye. Wow. Wow. It's a Wow. Okay. Listen, I I like took a
0: mini course Your in hour He's very bit כן, אבל למדנו, למדנו לו מעט, והיה מאוד מאוד מעניין, אני חושב שההתייחסות שלו ל... בעיקר לצד המנטלי, אפילו האסוף שהוא דיבר על המקלח הקרה אפילו זה כאילו אתה מרגיש שבן בכל פרט בחיים שלו, על איך,
2: איך זה משפיע על המצב שלו ועל שלו. כן, לחלוטין. אתה רואה את זה גם בסרטוני יוטייב שלו, גם במהלך הקורס, אתה רואה את זה גם בדיסקורד. שגם בכל סנדיי הוא אומר, כאילו, אומר איזה פסקה מאוד ארוכה לכולה, תזכרו פה, תזכרו שם וכולי, הוא נותן לזה אספקט מאוד חשוב, ולכן גם רציתי להעלות זה יותר, כי אני חושב שזה משהו מאוד אנשים, בקהילה, בעולם בכללי, וגם בהרבה דברים שראיתי בקהילה בישראל, ולכן גם אני שיטלתי כמה פוסטים בנושא בפוקרנט, ובא של יניב, שאני חושב שזה מאוד יעזוב, יש ללמוד, כמובן, תמיד, ו... בהסלקט הזה הייתי
1: מאוד
2: חשוב, אם
0: אתה רוצה
1: לשחק פוקר, ובכללים בחיים. נכון. נוסכים. אז זה אני רק רוצה, כשנייה לתת ויש לנו גדול, שאנחנו לא יש הם הם מאות מאוד שגיאות וואם הרבה <laughs> פחות חיים אז זה כאילו אני יודע אנחנו אני יודע אנחנו משכימים באמת ב팟קסט הזה אמונן אבל כאילו פשוט <laughs> אל תצפו לrama של בנסי בן- זי- בי כל שבוע.
2: אבל בrama חל לאש תצריך חיים. <laughs> <laughs> so only,
1: <ain't li>. so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> 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 כן, נחמד. אז נכון שיש עוד אורח... בוא נגיד, ניתן רמז אורח שיש לו כנראה צמיד מאוד מאוד יוקרתי בעולם הפוקר, שאולי יבוא עכשיו אני מסוכן. שאולי יבוא אנחנו שזה אז שוב נגיד, תודה רבה לאור אליעז המלך מול פני פרוקאסט, פודקאסטים בגבוה, נהייתי נערת הגלגל, אני פשוט מצביע על הלוגו. תודה רבה שלנו, ראנר ראנר באמת, שוב, על כל התמיכה, גם בתקופה הזאת, שהעסק שלהם לא פעיל ב אז תודה רבה. ג'בוטי, היה כיף שבאת, ותודה רבה, ואני גם לעוד פרקים גם לדבר על פוקר וגם לדבר על הסטרים שלך אבל היה כיף
1: גם לדבר על
2: עשיתי עוד תודה רבה, כיף להתארח, ואני חושב שבוא נאחל את כולם ההצלחה בסדרה שבהתחלה ראשון ב-GG. כן, מי שמשחק
0: בשבע אקסל של הספרינג בהצלחה, מי שחוזר ללייב פוקר בהצלחה, בהצלחה לי. בהצלחה למעריאל ומצל
1: תום, אייל.
0: תודה, עליפות האביב של האקדמיה, להדביק את זה זה יהיה אחלה מתנת יום הולדת 36. כן. אלכנה, תודה.
1: תודה, אייל, תודה, תום.
0: ברגיל תרוץ טוב גם בשולחנות ובעיקר, בעיקר, בעיקר בחיים
1: כן, ואל תיקחו אספגובה זה פודקאסט, לא יד לשלם איתה יאללה ביי ביי אספגובה, אספגובה לא יד לשלם זה פודקאסט